Hello, and welcome to Free America. I am your host, Nick Yaya, and this is the Free America Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 16th, 2020, and this is podcast number four, which means we are well on our way to 100 episodes. And in the world of television, that's when a show usually goes into syndication, which can mean big money for everybody involved. But for now, we rely upon you, our listeners, to support this podcast. So if you like what we bring you each week, please consider making a contribution to our show by going to www.patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Free America Podcast. I want to make sure we get that right. I also encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Free America Podcast and on Twitter at Free America. And now you can also watch our show live by visiting our brand new website at www.freeamericapodcast.com where you'll find our live stream every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific as well as previous shows, news articles, and other interesting and important videos. So now that we've gotten the business out of the way, I'd like to start off today's podcast talking about a subject that has been at the forefront of the national conversation recently, slavery, but not in the context of what you might be thinking. I'm talking about modern slavery. Yes, modern slavery still exists. Many people are aware of the horrific practice of human trafficking that is occurring around the world. But that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to a form of slavery that affects every single man, woman, and child on this planet. It's called debt slavery. Everybody alive today is a debt slave. There's no escaping it. Whether you're rich or poor, you are a slave to debt. Now, what do I mean by this? Every country around the world, save a very few, are in debt to a central bank. Here in the United States, our central bank is known as the Federal Reserve. And contrary to popular belief, it is not owned or operated by the federal government. It is a privately owned bank and is about as federal as Federal Express. This privately owned bank prints money out of thin air and then loans it to us at interest, meaning we, the American taxpayers, are obliged to pay that money back at some point in the future with interest. When you hear the that the national debt has increased to $26 trillion, that means that we, the American taxpayers, owe a good portion of that money to the Federal Reserve. The most recent CARES Act that was passed by Congress costing $2.2 trillion gave each of us $1,200. It's nice of them but it also gave hundreds of millions of dollars to corporations and big government programs. And you, me, our children and our children's children and so on are on the hook for it. Let's say for the sake of argument that $300 million, that the uh, $300 million people got out of, let me say that again. Let's, let's say for the sake of argument that 300 million people got $1,200. That's $360 billion, which leaves $1.84 trillion that did not go to us, but went to governments, corporations, government programs, special interests, basically 
pork barrel spending. So how did we get here? How can you and I be held personally liable for all of that debt? Well, it wasn't always this way. In 1913, President Woodrow Wilson signed the Federal Reserve Act. In the process of doing so, he pledged every living soul and their heirs as collateral against the debt that would be created by this new system. What this means is that each of us is a tax-generating machine that is pledged to fulfill this debt obligation. Essentially, we are debt slaves. But there is good news. There is a way to break free from the bondage of debt slavery. My guest today is the author of a book titled The Solution, Instruction Manual for Sovereignty and Freedom. In this step-by-step guide, it is uh, he, he, he shows how to disentangle yourself from the bureaucratic mess that was put in place over a century ago, designed to keep you in a perpetual state of indentured servitude. So, please join me in welcoming today's guest, Ronald Russell Farnham. Hello, Ronald. Nick, how are you, man? Thanks. I appreciate you having me on the show, brother. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining us and helping to enlighten people as to the fact that they are slaves and also showing them the way out of that bondage. So I'm very excited to bring bring you on the show and to share this with people. Um, would you like to give people a little, little background on yourself? Tell us where you... Um, yeah, sure. Um... In 1993, I went into the U.S. Army because I wanted to get a top secret clearance and eventually work for the CIA because I wanted to get into the intelligence community because there are a lot of secrets that I wanted to learn. I wanted to find out all the information. I didn't so much want to serve the government or the so-called government, but I really wanted to find out all these secrets that are being hidden from us under the term national security. So I got my associate's degree first and then I went and took my um, ASVAB and I scored high enough to go into the intelligence world. And then I got a top secret clearance and I learned a language and started getting into all this top secret information and working some major commands. And I learned while I was working for the Department of Defense that we that the US of A corporation that's posing as a government and their Department of Defense is really the cause behind all these wars. And I had come up with a solution to end war and poverty and um, I, I to stop Islamic radical terrorism, really. And I submitted that to the National Security Agency after the National Security Agency had contacted me about trying to figure out a solution to a certain terrorist related issue. Because at that time I was at Headquarters Special Operations Command training Pathfinder um, the software platform, I was training SOCOM analysts on how to use Pathfinder, which is an all source intelligence software platform that can exploit actionable intelligence so we can handle any kind of situation all over the world. And NSA emailed me about a terrorist situation. And I said, well, here's how we can actually end terrorism across Earth. And uh, they turned it down and I resigned. And then I said, you know what, I'm resigning and I'm going to start writing books and making movies. And at that point, I was a few years into um, taking acting lessons and doing extra work on movies and TV shows in Florida when I was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. 
uh, which is where I met our mutual friend, Scott DuPont on Larry, the cable, the cable guy, home uh, inspector movie. But um, I made a choice. I was like, that's it. I am going to do whatever I can in the uh, world of mass media to bring the solutions and the information and the truth that's being suppressed to uh, mankind. So, and you know, that's why I'm here now. It's basically, you know, it's culminated years of research in, in my book, The Solution, um, which is finally took me a long time to compile all the information and get together and write. But I, uh, you know, that's basically my background up until now. And I did do a move. I went, moved to Hollywood. I met you out in Hollywood, Nick. In fact, I remember us meeting Kiefer Sutherland together and talking to him for a little bit. Remember that day? That was, that was a very interesting day. Yeah. I'll have to say, man. And he's a super cool guy. Uh, for those who don't know the story, I'll just do a real side note here real quick. We were, uh, Ronald and I were on set for a television show called Touch, and we were playing background actors. And we did a quick rehearsal without Kiefer in which a, a seeming like a, a vagrant came along. Uh, some lady gets hit by a cab. The vagrant comes along, steals her, her, her purse, and runs off. Well, during the rehearsal, um, I point at the guy running off. And so we run, so we uh, go for the first take, Kiefer's on set, we roll camera, the lady gets knocked down by the cab, the guy picks up her bag, Kiefer shows up as the guy's running off and I point and he yells, he doesn't point, damn it, cut, you know, and, and he was pissed. And so I was like, oh shit, I really screwed up here, uh, went on the sidewalk and just kind of like, covered my face. Well, and, because that, that person was a ghost. Right. And I didn't. And he saw. We and I, exactly. To see the ghost. Exactly. And he, and so he came over to me shortly thereafter, a few moments later, and he apologized. Yeah. And he said, he said, I'm sorry. I didn't know. They didn't explain to you that, that no one can see this guy except for me. And so uh, please accept my apology. I know it was very unprofessional of me. And, and I, of course I accepted, I mean, it was a very gracious apology and we went on shooting the scene. Well, later that night, after we had wrapped, we were back at base camp. I was, I was with you and we saw him walking around looking for somebody. Well, apparently he was looking for me to apologize yeah. again, a second right. time and, and, and in the most humblest of terms. And, and so that's why I, you know, I like to think that a lot of times celebrities and, and, and a lot of these people will get a bad rap as having some kind of bad attitude based on the observations of a single person when in fact in real life they're actually pretty cool yeah so and he's so, one of those he's one of those people that is pretty cool so um anyway <laughs> kind of got off track there but i thought it was a cool story that you and i shared and uh but but yeah so that's when we were doing a lot of background work in hollywood and then you at the time were also working on on uh, my own yeah, on, my own on, movie on your own movie um, hollywood and vine right <laughs> Hollywood and Vine, uh, which is about the female, which is really kind of autobiographical in a sense from where the I, I was working in near the Pentagon and uh, my first government contracting job. And I was starting to get disillusioned. And this character, the Messiah, who I made a female in Hollywood and Vine, writes this book called uh, The Second Coming of the Messiah which is a book I actually wrote. And I was using the movie to actually highlight the book. And then she goes to Hollywood to try and get the book made into a movie and 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 um, be signed by an agent, which is what I actually did. I moved to Hollywood to make a movie, to get signed by agents, to start spreading this information. 
And then I fictionalized some of it where I uh, turned her into where she teams up with two other female intelligence operatives and together they stop Islamic radicals or at least try to stop them from detonating dirty nuclear bomb at mm -hmm. Hollywood and Vine train station. And then, and you play a Russian uh, henchman in, in that movie for me, which was also a lot of fun to shoot. Which was really fun. I got to run around and carry gun, threaten <laughs> yeah. people. It was great. It was great fun. Thank yeah. you very much. You got kicked in the, uh, <laughs> by the girls. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. That was, uh, that was, I'll oh, see there. Yeah, there I am. Nikiya Nikolai. Yeah. Um, but that was that was a lot of fun making that movie and 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 I think that the message that you got across with that story was was consistent with a lot of what of of what people are hearing today about secret societies and about the the elite and the satanic networks that are embedded in our society in all aspects of society from the government to entertainment and so forth and there's even a speech in that movie where the Messiah and um, Kelly, the Russian double agent, are coming up this escalator at the Hollywood and Highland train station. And they walk down Hollywood Boulevard and um, the Messiah gives this speech about the birth certificate, how they they control your birth certificate. And which is, you know, what what really ultimately the solution gets into is, you know, you to become a secure creditor, like you said at the top of the show, we are debt slaves and we have been debt slaves really since 1933 when they took gold and silver off the market under presidential order 1933 and then just started issuing fiat currency backed by nothing. Mm -hmm. So to become a secure creditor, you have to get control over the fund, uh, the asset that is your birth certificate bond, because what has happened is, is when the United States of America Corporation went bankrupt, they didn't have any assets left other than human resource assets. So every child that was born from then on, they created a bond out of that holds a certain monetary value that they passed through. The, the bond goes to the vital statistics office where they make a copy of it and send that off to Washington, D.C., which is where they, Washington, D.C. gets the copy and they send it off to the International Monetary Fund. So the International Monetary Fund can say, OK, we got another uh, bond here worth one billion dollars. Put that on the stack of uh, birth certificate bonds from the United States of America Corporation. We can loan them another billion dollars in loan loans right. to cover their defaulting and their debt and their bankrupt status. Right. So. We are debt slaves in that way. That's why you also have no control over your physical vessel because you don't literally don't have the title to your vessel because that birth certificate bond is also the title to your vessel. So if you get hauled off to jail against your will, it's not because you did something wrong sometimes, it's because you don't have control over your body. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. That that this this fictitious entity that they've created that that interacts with the system. You see, you as a you as a physical being cannot uh, a living being cannot physically interact with a fictitious entity. That's what that's what corporations are. Corporations are fictitious entities, and and that is what the United States is. The United States is is also a corporation, as is the state of California, state of Florida, state of New York, and so on. And as is citizen, person, individual resident, 
domiciled and taxpayer. Those six, those six terms. So if a cop pulls you over and it's like, I have a person here, the individual has, uh, you're a citizen, I need to see your ID. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not a person, individual, resident, citizen, domiciled or taxpayer. I am a living soul. Now, they don't really have any, they have no jurisdiction over a living soul. If you hold yourself out there as living as a living soul under living soul status, which is what we are, I'm actually a living soul. We're all living souls having an apparently physical experience. This is not, I'm not really solid and phys physical. Um, in, in fact, the scientists, the top 7,000 scientists, physicists in the world work at CERN, the European Center for Nuclear Research, where they have, to, they have said now, it's no longer particle physics, it's field physics. We are fields of energy with chakras, a giant aura, electric field, and, and we're transcribing ourselves into this apparently physical body. But we're actually not physical beings with a soul. We're living souls having an apparently physical experience. So we're not corporations. So when I tell the police officer, I'm not a citizen, I'm a living soul. Mm -hmm. Okay, now what? Now they have no jurisdiction over me. I'm not telling them you have no jurisdiction over me because you don't want to be argumentative. You just say, I'm a living soul. And they have to try and, they're not going to try and prove that in court that you're a citizen because nothing, one of the precepts of going into court is that nothing will be proven in court. Uh, just to let you know that because they're really administration centers. So, but like right. you said, a corporation or fictitious entity can only communicate to another fictitious entity and me, the living soul, or most people unwittingly are taking responsibility for this fictitious name that is either on the driver license, social security card or birth certificate. Mm -hmm. And and that's just it. That's how they they've kind of tricked us into believing that that the two are one and the same. When in fact, you are actually two distinct entities. One is a living soul. The other is a like you said, a citizen or a domiciled or or whomever is. And it's all it's printed in all caps. So that's the difference between your your real name, which is capital lowercase 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 capital lowercase 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 and then the fictitious entity which is in all caps that and so what your what your book does the thing i really like about your book is it explains this in fairly simple terms to people how it works and how to the the most important document is the first one that you bring up is the way to separate yourself from this entity and take back control of it from the government and from the corporation. So now you are in control of this fictitious entity as a living soul. Uh, and this fictitious entity is also known as a straw man. I'm sure people might be familiar with that term. But this is this is a concept that, that a lot of people are not fully aware of. I, I, I'm only aware of it because many years ago I was I was pointed towards a book called The Redemption Manual, which is about 450 pages long or so. And and it's it can be quite confusing to understand the terminology. And I think what you've done here is you've you've taken it a step further. You've you've made the terminology a bit more understandable and relatable to people. In addition to that, you've given them the tools they need, the actual documents to draft, to take action and do this and, and to 
gain back control of yourself, not only of your of yourself and your bond, but um, turn yourself into a secure creditor instead of a debtor. And that's the that's the big difference between that and any other book. I was like the when I read that book, I'm like, okay, what do I do now? How do I how do I how do I disentangle right. myself What's from this? What's the solution? Everyone's right. always talking about the problems, and yeah. I've been saying that for a while. Like, we know the problems now. I think we know we can't trust politicians. We know we can't trust the government. We know or the so-called government, which really translates to control mind. We know we right. can't trust right. the mass let's, media. Let's 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 do that real quick. Let's just break down the word "govern" and "ment." It's Latin, right? Latin is "ment" is Latin for mind. "Govern" is means to control. Control. So they're talking about this is mind control. I, I mean, I don't see how, how much more blatant it could have been, but nobody's noticed it up until, I guess, really until you brought it to my attention. I had never really thought about that. And then all of a sudden yeah. when you did, I was like, oh, my God, that makes sense. It is a form of mind control. It's a mind control corporation posing as a government incorporated. And I'm talking about the United States of America corporation in washington the district of columbia where they're incorporated and that's where their headquarters are and they literally are not even in a state they're in just this district that's laid out in masonic symbolism and they do not have legal jurisdiction outside of the the washington the district of columbia and columbia is really uh, another word for the god Isis, because they they do worship, you know, these false gods, and um, hence the, hence the obelisk in the center of of Washington D.C. Yeah, big time. So they're they're and and this is also one of the reasons, you know, the truth is hidden in plain sight. The governors of these different states, and all these states are really countries. Countries are governed. Corporations have presidents. And a secretary and a treasurer at the at a, as a at a bare minimum. So if you live in California, you live in the country of California, and your leader is the governor, and that governor is the control the leader of that country, California, who does not have to do anything that Donald Trump or the CEO or president of the U.S. of A. Corporation at any time says. Yeah, that's apparent. And, <laughs> and yeah, so but and, and but what has happened? is that this US of A corporation is just a corporation. It's got different departments, like Walmart has different departments. Walmart has the electronics department, the shoe department, the food department. Well, the corporation, the US of A corporation has different departments. And one of those departments is the Department of Defense. And the Department of Defense has broken itself down into separate commands. There's several separate commands. You got Central Command, whose area of responsibility is the Middle East. You got Southern Command, their area of responsibility is South America and Central America. You got Special Operations Command. I used to work for um, Special. I work at Central Command. I work at Southern Command as a counterterrorism analyst. You got um, you got uh, um, Special Operations Command, SOCOM. Their area of responsibility is worldwide, where they do special operations, like they'll extract a diplomat who's been, you know, kidnapped by the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia down in Colombia or something like that. You also have another command that people don't even know about. It's called Northern Command. In 2002, I was working as a counterterrorism analyst at Southern Command down in Miami where we were headquartered, and our area of responsibility responsibility the AOR was South America, Central America, and Mexico. 
Well, when Northern Command stood up and became a full-on command in full operation, uh, every command has a J-2. That's the intelligence section. Well, Northern Command's area of responsibility became Canada, the United States, and Mexico. So as a counterterrorism analyst for Southern Command, I had to turn over all of my Mexico intelligence reporting to Northern Command, and they took it over. So you... We have been literally, physically, and intelligence-wise, collection-wise, invaded by Northern Command, whose area of responsibility is Canada, the United States, and Mexico, and their J-2 is actively violating the 1974 Privacy Act by collecting all source intelligence against every living soul in their AOR. They're collecting everything. And I sometimes believe that the Edward Snowden issue with NSA was a distraction for people to just point their finger at the NSA when really we don't realize or the masses don't realize we have physically been militarily invaded by the Department of Defense of the U.S. of A corporation that's posing as a government. Right. And not only are, are um, they collecting all this data, but apparently... Um, private organization yeah uh and i just posted recently a, a film was released called shadowgate and um i'll pull up a quick picture of it here for people to see um and in shadowgate they talk about how there's a stream of data that comes from the internet just a uh, a wild rush rough stream of everything a raw it's called rod and um I don't know why is that holding up there, but I do not want to see my chat. Okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, it's a all the raw data is come. It comes downstream, and then it splits off and it goes into Northcom. All right, illegally, I might add. But then they also do what's called a twin stream, and it goes uh, also to all of these these private entities that have been set up by former military generals and the like, and they've then taken that data and used it against the American people. And the last, in the last election, that's, that's what they did. Uh, they also are doing it in this election cycle and have been doing it throughout the presidency of Donald J. Trump by spreading misinformation and, uh, and disinformation to affect people's positions and and even their emotions they've 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 drummed up such panic and chaos over both this the COVID-19 hoax and I call it a hoax because the numbers are a hoax not the disease and the uh, Black Lives Matter movement this is all part of a strategy to destabilize the United States and is being done so as you said from within our own country and this is some scary stuff and and so this is why another reason why people need to be aware of not only what's going on, but how to disentangle yourself from this. Because as we move forward into uh, mandatory vaccinations for this COVID-19 vaccination thing, uh, that you have to have control of your physical vessel. As I was reading the book, as I was reading your book the other day, that's what I was thinking about when I came across certain sections. There was one section that has something like 106 different subsections. I think it's 106 or 146. But in one of those, it said that you want to uh, you maintain complete control of your vessel and whether 
someone is allowed to administer drugs to you or anything or inject and, and it goes into very specific terms. So with that document, once that's been filed and put on record with the uh, recorder of the state, Mm-hmm. The county recorder. The county yes. recorder. Because when you're in the United States, anywhere in the United States, in any of these states of these United States, if you record something with any county recorder in any of the states of the United States, it, and it goes on and, and it gets recorded at the courthouse on the record, and it goes unrebutted for 30 days, it becomes law in the United States, in all of the United States, it goes on record. So in the solution book, I get you to f- create your, your, and you were talking about all those subsections. That's in the mm-hmm. security agreement. It's like a 28 page document. And if whoever buys the book, you can email me. And instead of you having to type up these documents from the book, I will, and I've been doing this. People have been buying my book because I've been getting, doing a lot of interviews now about this. Um, I just tell people, email me, I'll send you the document, you fill it out. But I want people to understand what they're doing. You know, part of being a living soul, a responsible living soul, is taking responsibility for your life and yourself and your vessel and, and everything. Because for the most part, people are not responsible for anything. We don't make anything. We don't grow anything. We don't really create anything. We don't um, do anything other than regurgitate what the Department of Education tells us to memorize. And then we drive to some building where we do whatever they want us to do for eight hours and they give us credit in our accounts so that we can buy food to poison ourselves with to death. So we're not really doing anything other than being led around like cattle. So the solution is also about responsibility. And when you create this security agreement, you buy the book, whether you buy the the Kindle or the paperback, you email me and I will, and my email address is in the book. I will send you the documents via email so you can print them out, file them, and then you go get them record. You go get them notarized because a notary is very powerful. The notary actually is the witness who signs it for you, literally births the document into existence. If you try and file a document with the county recorder without it having it notarized, they're not even going to really, they're not going to record it and they're not going to pay any attention to it and it's not going to be taken seriously. So Mm -hmm. you got to get your documents notarized. So you Mm -hmm. file it on on the record with the county recorder to control your vessel and all the different things about your life. Um, with that. So that's what that security agreement does. Yeah, the security agreement is the is the first and most important document and the whole process. And once that document is filed, you become a secure creditor, not a debtor, right? Well, you it's a process. It's part of becoming what what happens is, is when you fill out the security agreement and you get it notarized, this is your agreement and your security agreement has a security agreement number on it that you you make it's like secure sa and then numbers that you create i use my birth certificate my the last i mean i use my birth date uh the last four of my social security number and then my initials as Mm -hmm. my as my security agreement number then i create a two-page and which is in the book then you create a two-page power of attorney general document with that security agreement 
number on there that ties those two documents together and you record that power of attorney general with the county recorder so that you have full control over this over your vessel and this document so that gives you that removes you from the jurisdiction of any state or so-called government because you now are in control of your vessel and within those th within that security agreement um, you also have a built-in fee schedule because you can charge anybody through conditional acceptance. In fact, here's a line I want your audience to remember. If any police officer or anybody ever approaches you and tries to charge you with an offense or a citation infraction, you just tell them, officer, I am fully prepared to stay in honor of all of your offers by conditionally accepting all of your offers for my fee schedule because they're gonna say, hey, I want your name. Fine, officer, you can have my name for, my fee schedule here is $5,000, so just cash up front, so if you wanna use my name, and by the way, I have already filed my security agreement over my vessel with the county recorder more than a year ago, so, which has my fee schedule on there, so, but you know, you wanna so it's say- it's on record, right. It's on record, but when you, to go back to what you had originally said about being a secure creditor, and, and later on I want to get into honor and dishonor and what I was just talking about with conditional acceptance, but you become a secure creditor. And what is a secure creditor? You have secured the credit of the value of your birth certificate bond. So you file the power of attorney general, which gives you the control over your security agreement which controls your vessel right which is the 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 lower the upper lowercase name and the all uppercase name the lowercase one has now that living soul has control over the uppercase one that's the first step is mm -hmm. is grabbing control of that because in that document mm -hmm. i thought it was two separate you know listed you, the, your name is listed twice one is in all caps one is not and and that's the difference is that you thou the living soul are taking control of that corporate fiction yeah Exactly. You're taking control over that. And so nobody can use that name without your permission. So it's like, you know, well, I just want your name, sir. Oh, officer, that's my name. I actually own that name. It's actually on the record. I actually registered that name as my property. It's part of my property. Because the next steps that you're going to do after those two steps is that you're going to create a You're going to create two UCCs. Uniform commercial code forms, uh, one online with one, a specific state that is mentioned in the book. And I don't want to say the state out loud because I don't want the state to go, hey, man, we need to just shut this down before it gets out of hand. Because, you know, I want this all to be done quickly and effectively. The sooner everybody can become secure creditors, uh, the United States will actually be out of debt because mm -hmm. they won't be responsible for us anymore. We'll be responsible for ourselves. We'll have full credit and they won't have, and, and they also won't be able to use us as chattel or as a surety against those bonds because right. all of that credit that the IMF is holding, the International Monetary Fund is holding that lends the money to the USA will actually be reverted down to the US Treasury in Puerto Rico. So after those first two documents, security agreement, power of attorney general, you're gonna get your, you're gonna pull out your birth certificate and you're gonna uh, make a copy of it on your photocopy or you're gonna print off a copy and just scan it. And on the back, you're gonna print for deposit to the US Treasury. Then you're gonna fill out a 1040V, 
which is a 1040 IRS voucher, which is going to have your debts on it. And then you're going to fill out a UCC one with a personal UCC one, a uniform commercial code one, which is going to list all of your assets. And you're also going to fill one out online without any of your identifying information, like your social security number. And you're going to send those documents together uh, along with a, a notice of statement that you're now a foreign national, you're now tax free and, and, and the documents in there. It's basically your notification to them and a cover letter. So it's uh, and all pages. of this and all this is in the book. Oh, yeah. This is all in the book. And right. the documents are in the book, right. too. Right. So you either type out or email me and I'll send them to you. I have the emails already set up and ready to go. All I got to do is drop in email addresses, hit send, and you'll get your documents. And I kind of lead you step by step because I don't want to give everybody too many documents at once. I want you to do the security agreement and the power of attorney general right. first because that's important. And this is a lot of, you know, you're rewiring your brain with this information. We've all been indoctrinated to see the world and you and I think we're talking. It's like they've inverted everything. You know, up is down, down is up, forwards is backwards. Debt is really credit. Credit what, is really debt. That's what know? Satan. That's what Satan does. He is the great deceiver, and yeah. we have all been deceived. And everything in Satanism and satanic cults is inverted. I've studied them. I and doing my research for my own book and my own uh, film and studying satanic and satanic cults and rituals, um, and, and the way that they view the world is all inverted. It's really twisted stuff. So. Well, listen, when you get into your documentary and you start recording that and stuff, I, um, I'll send you some footage because some information I'm, I'm doing a documentary myself that I have, I worked on when I was living in LA called the, um, secret sixes, which is the Luciferian satanic alphanumeric code that the Satanists and the Illuminati and the Freemasons use as their control mechanisms, which is really the truth hidden in plain sight, like a 13, you know, the B in Budweiser, you know, Budweiser, the beer, that that B is really a one and a three. It's a 13, which is really a secret six because six, thir I mean, 13 is the sixth prime number. And I interviewed a Satanist. He was a Satanist for like, uh, I don't know, 30 years, a hardcore practicing Satanist, knowing all of the symbols, ceremonies and stuff. Then he became a born again Christian. So I interviewed him for about 20 hours on camera and uh, he took, we went around Los Angeles and he was pointing out different things, you know, that were symbols and stuff like that. So I'll give you some of that footage and stuff and some of that information to add to your documentary. If you want to, we can talk about that offline. Sure. That's but, great. Um, yeah. It's that... happening and it's out there. The Freemasons actually use codes and terms and words and symbols to what they do it for is to control the masses together around the world. It's a communication system that they use, not only that they know that they're Illuminati and they're part of the system, but across Earth, they are using it to control the masses together. Mm -hmm. And um, and, yeah, and okay. they use certain colors and things like that. So just like the, the, the pedophiles do, that's another rabbit hole that I went down in research. And they have all their little symbols and codes and things that they use I to know, communicate man. with each other. And once you learn this stuff and you look around, you see it. You see it. Not not everywhere, but you see it. And it's disturbing to know that they've been operating in plain sight like this for so long. Yeah. And and so but the great thing is, is that people like you and I and others out there are aware of what's going on. And we have a platform such as this to share that information with other people. 
And that's why, again, I think, you know, like the movies that you've, you've created, the movies you created and, and are creating and the books that you've written, especially this one, are important tools for, for people to get put into their tool belt and to and raise their awareness and understanding. And like you said, the, a lot of what you read in this book is it, re, it, it, it is rewiring the brain. It difficult. It's it's at first. It's it's kind of difficult to grasp. Um, you've done a you've done a better job at explaining it than I've seen in other instances. In other instances, they jump they jump right into the 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 jargon and the terminology without much explanation. And it it like for example with the um, redemption manual, I I got I probably got halfway through that book before I actually understood what I was reading. And so, um, and, but they, but they repeat it a lot and, and over and over and over again. So, and from different ways. And so I finally grasp it now. I'm not, I'm not necessarily well-versed in finance and, and commerce and things like that. But I think the way that you present it is in as much as you can in layman's terms, for people to understand how these things work. Now, the great thing about getting the Kindle version of this book was that when I got to a certain point, I was able to stop, highlight that item, go do a web search and look up what does this term mean? What do these things mean? And so if the smart reader will do the same thing and and stop and take a moment to look up some of the terminology presented in the book, they'd get a, a, a deeper and a, and a more fuller understanding of what you're talking about. One of the one of the phrases I came across, which I found really fascinating, and I'm probably going to uh, murder this, is is uh, la mort saisit la vie, which it essentially means the 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 dead takes the living, or is it the other way around? The de- death seizes the quick is what the 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 Google translation is, but that's not right. When I when I looked it up. It was it's basically um, saying that this living entity takes from the dead entity. That's what you're doing in this in, in your power of attorney. Right. And, and the security agreement. Well, and- we're living souls, but yet we're converted <laughs> into a dead entity via this commercial corporate corporation system and these commercial entities that they've made out of us they're dead entities in fact that's why the any corporation needs a president the us of a is a corporation why does it have to have a president because it needs somebody to sign paperwork for it without some person signing paperwork this dead entity can't do anything on its own so they confer they convert us from living souls into dead entity instruments. And we're treated like that. We are treated like dead entities and they want to kill the living soul as soon as they can after the 18th birthday, because the birth certificate bond matures on the 18th birthday. And then from 18 to 65, before they're going to pay social security, uh, they want to siphon as much fiat currency and taxes and blood, sweat and tears out of you and kill you as fast as they can along the way. They don't want you to live past 65. Hmm, You know, this coronavirus, 
I mean, it targets the elderly. And they, exactly. and the, and and the governors of the states of New York and California, they they have literally killed people in nursing homes by sending in infecting patients My by, by order. Killed. Are you really? I'm so I'm sorry to hear Rose. that. In New York, she got uh, my, one of my favorite people in the whole world. It just happened uh, maybe a month and a, probably a month ago. She uh, she was at home. She um, was sick already. She had a bad hip, and for years she was kind of bedridden. and And she was eighty four, but she was not sick like um, virus or flu or anything like that. She just had a bad bad back and bad hip and it had become so bad that she was bedridden and um, her family had to take care of her. Finally, her family took her to the hospital because she, her, they couldn't take care of her anymore because, you know, they were having to physically take care of her, take her to the shower, take her to the bathroom, you know, carry her. And, but she wasn't sick. She was debilitated. Well, when she got to the hospital, they told her she had, um, coronavirus and they wouldn't let anybody into the hospital to see her and then they started taking her medication away and she started getting weaker and they wouldn't let her family go and see her finally my my cousin petitioned for her release and she had an ambulance come and pick her up or take her right to an old age home to a, a like a you know a, a facility it's where just they, an assisted living facility yes where she died because she she did get sick and they they basically made her sick and it was you know they, it was a form of murder in, mm -hmm. in my opinion and that happened to a lot of people early on because they were putting them on ventilators when really they should have been putting them on blood thinners because what the doctors were coming out and saying with the that this sickness is really coming from oxygen deprivation almost like altitude sickness yeah but what it's really coming from i believe and a lot of people believe it is that it's 5G radiation poisoning because the same thing that's happening right now, exactly with the same families, the Gates, Frederick Gates in 1918 to 1920 was handling all the vaccines with the Rockefeller Foundation. He was handling all the mass media during the Spanish flu, while at the same time, they were rolling out the radio wave towers radio is short for radiation so that was like 1g so all these those deaths were being caused by the the weak were dying from radiation poisoning but they were calling it the spanish flu and then they started mass vaccinating they started shutting down businesses they started making people wear masks you can go do the research on it no you're right frederick gates bill gates's grandfather was dealing with the vaccines well, cut to 100 years later, we got 5G radiation rollout, which is a 60, I think it's 55 to 60 hertz millimeter wave, which is just 30 hertz below a death ray. 90 hertz, 95 hertz is a death ray. 4G was in the 40 uh, um, hertz Gig range. Gigahertz, yeah. Now we're up at 60 oh, gigahertz, which right. is a millimeter wave. And, and it's being projected into your home through your smart meter. And they started this whole smart meter revolution like a few, several years ago now, which was building the infrastructure for the smart meter 5G radiation to be pouring right into your house. I'm lucky. I have a lot of, see the millimeter wave, the 5G millimeter wave is a much smaller wave. 
and it has a hard time getting through buildings and it has a hard time getting through uh, plant life. So mm -hmm. if you're surrounded by trees and bushes and stuff like that, and you, you have a place in your house where you're getting bad reception, that's where you probably want to sleep at night because that means your 5G wave is something stopping it, whether the building or the foliage, because that is causing radiation poisoning. So people that they say are dying from, suddenly they're dying in their sleep or they're having shortness of breath, that's because they're not getting enough oxygen because the radiation poison is killing them. So this whole thing is, a, is to sell vaccines for the Rockefeller Foundation, the Gates family, and to kill as many old people as possible. So the IMF does, and the US, so the US Bay Corporation doesn't have to pay social security and the IMF can cash out those bonds. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a sick, twisted thing that they're doing us, doing to us, and they're using the mass media to make everybody wear masks, which mm. is causing even more sickness, carbon dioxide toxicity, because you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide that you're supposed to be putting out. And I've been telling, I, I did a video where I, I said, this is how I wear the mask. If I got to go into a place and I need to go in there or I got to work around some people where they're making me wear a mask, just wear the mask. I just put it right on my chin because I'm not covering up my mouth and nose and giving myself um, toxic carbon dioxide toxicity. It is not happening. And I, I, and I get pretty emotional about it when someone tries to tell me to do something. I have to walk away because I'm, I'm you know, if someone is going to try and make me poison myself, what are they crazy? And they're just listening to the mass media. Has the mass media ever done anything good for the people of this earth? No, not at all. It's a tool of indoctrination and programming. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Um, that, and that's just it is that is this, and I've said this in previous podcasts is that what we're looking at, this is a, this is a form of, of social engineering, a way to get you to comply with ever increasing and ever draconian orders. So in this case, what started out with stay home for two weeks turned into six months almost now. Well, and then and then right after it was stay home for two weeks. Well, we got to stay home for two weeks to flatten the curve. Well, you got a social distance six feet apart. And then we all we all complied and did that. Next, it was masks. First, masks weren't mandatory. And they weren't necessary. They weren't even effective, according to Dr. Fauci or the World Health Organization. Then they backtracked and flip-flopped on that. Now masks are mandatory. So each each step is more progressive towards a more debilitating and tyrannical control over our lives. Now, and, and if you're if you're doing the calculus on this and you're laying out the the timeline, the next logical step is going to be, well, just take this vaccine. Everybody else is doing it. Do it for the greater good. Do it for other people's health. Do it for other people's safety. <laughs> and and so we're be, we, this is we've been conditioned now to um, to take orders from this this medical overlord. These medical overlords that that have zero accountability. They're not elected officials. They uh, yet they're dictating policy to the American people and. You've seen people go to jail now for not wearing masks. People getting tackled by cops. I mean, for Christ's sake, down in in Australia, they've they've locked people in their homes under under threat under threat of arrest. And they're actually, you know, they literally this yeah. guy, cop was choking some lady the other day for being outside of her house. 
And so that's where we're at, man. And and that's what I'm afraid of. Australia. I have friends in Australia and um, I'm following what's going on. And and they're, what they're saying is that basically Australia is really the testing ground for what they're planning on doing in the, in the United States. So all, and they're saying now, you know, there's about to be a a second wave lockdown come, you know, for November and that mm-hmm. this is all about the the voting and 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 now they're setting the stage with the rhetoric that hey if Trump doesn't win there's going to be a civil war and mass rioting and stuff like that I wouldn't be surprised if Biden does become president just so that they can have the civil war in the United States why because the Georgia Guidestones the number one guide on the Georgia Guidestones is to maintain a worldwide population under 500 million. Mm-hmm. And I put that in the movie Hollywood and Vine. You know, when we made that movie, I, I put that movie is nothing but rhetoric to wake people up. I used that movie to put out all the information, as much information as I thought I could, and I built it into the dialogue and the scenes so that people could be like, I never heard that before. Mm-hmm. I never heard that. Geez, you know, what's this all about? What's mm-hmm. the Georgia Guidestones? You know, who built them? Where are they? What is it? Well, this is these huge monuments that were put up with guides on there for the new world order. And the top commandment or guide is to maintain a worldwide population under 500 million. We're at 7 billion. So it looks to me like they're setting the stage to just freaking wipe the slate clean. And you got Marvel movies coming out with 23 movies. I think it's 23. Two times three is six. That's a six. If you look at all the colors they use, reds and blues, it's more symbolism. They got end days, uh, which is basically about how half the population is just destroyed, you know? So if you look how there's mass media programming in there, and if you look at some of the lines in some of these movies and things that they say, you got to start reading between the lines because mass Hollywood is really trying to show you some of the truth in plain sight. Mm -hmm. And what's happening, I think, is they're just slowly but surely trying to control the population, kill as many people as they can, and uh, reduce the population down to under 500 million. And... You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I discovered that I, I reached that conclusion on my own when I was doing research about, a, uh, I was uh, tapped to do a documentary about in 2006 about a doctor who had the cure for cancer. But his story was that, that they had taken his medical license. They stole his research at UCLA. He moved to Mexico. They car bombed his clinic in Mexico. They've been after him all, you know, this whole time. And I, and I started wondering, well, why would someone want to stop a doctor who has the cure for cancer. And, and so when I went, when I dove down this rabbit hole and started looking into all these entities like the FDA, big pharma, big ag, and saw what they've been engaged in for the past, well, now it would be 70 years, maybe longer since the thirties. When you go back to IG Farben Bayer in Germany, who funded Hitler's rise to power Bayer, that's the aspirin people. They were the makers of Zyklon B, which was used in the gas chambers to kill the Jews. Uh, and then they and then those scientists were brought over here under Operation Paperclip, and they've been operating within the medical and the pharmaceutical and agricultural communities since then. And they, all they do is create death. And then I read Agenda 2020 and Agenda Agenda 21, the UN's Agenda 21 outline. And if you read between the lines of that document, you will see that the agenda is population control, population reduction. 
And, and that is just a fact. They're trying to kill us all, man. And just to bring up, just to go back real briefly to what you said earlier, there was a study done uh, regarding 5G technology and the induction of coronavirus into skin cells. Mm-hmm. And, and what they're saying is it says that in this research, we show 5G millimeter waves could be absorbed by dermatologic cells acting like antennas, transferring to other cells and play the, the main role of producing coronaviruses in biological cells. So the study has shown, and, and here's, the, here's how it works, or here's what it looks like. Um, the study has shown that this is actually what is going on, what you were talking about, where 5G is being used to uh, create coronavirus, or at least the effect of coronavirus, Right here, here it is, and the and, and the cells act like little antennas, or the the dermis acts like an antenna, and the cells spread it to one another. Um, this is this is just amazing stuff. I mean, David Ike was also talking about this, and he got banned from YouTube along with uh, the the person that hosted him on London Real. I forget the gentleman's name off the top of my head, but he lost his channel over this information being disseminated. Now, is it really dangerous to talk about a potential? cause of a, of a coronavirus you know is that really dangerous information or you know that's the reason they cited that, that it was taken off the the internet is that this was a danger to people you can't share this information with people you, you might cause people to well, i don't know go and tear down 5g antennas um which and, is, I, I recommend that <laughs> which is why which is why they pulled it off the air and and um and that's that's just it, man. That's why they're suppressing all of this data. All of these doctors coming forward saying, "Look, it's it's easily treatable with hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and zith- and zithromax, which is an antibiotic." Um, no, that stops the agenda for moving forward with vaccinations, the forced vaccinations, and Gates. We come back to Gates and the NIH and Fauci and all these people who have a vested financial interest in the mass vaccination of people along with the agenda of trying to kill people. And they're saying that this new vaccine is, is an RNA vaccine. So it basically goes into the cell, rewrites the code, the genetic code to then prevent the, the virus from taking hold. Well, what happens when you go in and, and rewrite your DNA? What happened? You know, there's the term for that. It's called cancer. And that's, that's what people are going to be, they're going to kill us with cancer, in my opinion. I might be wrong, but that's that's the consensus. Or, with more cancer, because, you know, look at what they're killing with us with already. Heart disease, cancer, um, diabetes. Just those three right there are, are major factors in reducing the population. we got thousands of people dying every day from heart disease, cancer, and obesity, diabetes, and it is just... Well, it's the, the food. I, the other thing I discovered uh, when I when I was doing that research is is the it's not just the drugs, it's the food, and not not necessarily just the chemicals that they use on the food, like glyphosate, which is a Monsanto uh, chemical used for. Uh, it is a. It's an insect. It's an insecticide, right? Yeah. Not, it's not an herbicide. It's an insecticide, and not it's not just the glyphosate that's doing it is the actual ingredients in the food. A lot of these foods are high in sugar. They're high in salt. And these are hydrogenated fat and hydrogenated fat. And these disproportionately affect people of color, uh, specifically black people and Hispanic people. And so they're genetically targeting 
people of color. So this is genocide. This is genocide on a global scale committed by these, these massive conglomerates and corporations with the blessing of the FDA, who is populated by the very executives that come from big pharma and big ag. So there is no protection for us, the, the, the Americans and the rest of the world. And, I, and I'll say for now, American citizens, because that's what most people are still. Uh, but hopefully we will become uh, resurrected and become our living souls once again. And that was something that when I brought up Lamort says, says I can't even say it. Lamort. Yeah, me either. That's why I'm not trying to correct you. Lamort says, la vif. And that reminds me of a, of a passage I read in the Bible a long time ago when I was back at Catholic school. And it said in the end days that the dead will rise and walk the earth uh, before the return of Jesus. And, and I believe maybe this has something to do with that. Maybe we that's are, us, the living soul, coming back as a secure creditor and no longer a dead fictional entity. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought when I read that. And I went, huh. That's really interesting because here we are in these times where all kinds of prophecies seem to be coming true. And and all the things that were written in the book of Revelations or by St. John of Patmos are, are coming to pass. And now I'm not necessarily a, a, a big religious guy. I'm just very familiar with that text because I was raised and went to a Catholic school for many years and and studied it. So well, I know, I know what it's in the book. And plus, think about this Bible, the Bible I mean, whether you're religious or not, or believe in it or not, or not, it is being used as a tool to program the mass psyche to, I would say, manifest revelations. Because hmm. if you can get a thought to be programmed, it's like the hundred monkey syndrome. What and and like before when I said we're not solid physical beings, we're we're actually living souls having an apparently physical experience. Mm -hmm. Well, this apparently physical experience is actually determined by our subconscious mind that observes electrons to take shape and form into reality. So if you got this Bible that's been pushed on everybody for two thousand years or however long for thousand years at least, and is can and everyone's reading it, memorizing it, and thinking this is gonna happen. Well, you bypass your reasoning conscious mind, you take it as faith, word, gospel, doctrine, it goes right into your subconscious mind, mm -hmm. and then your subconscious mind will make it manifest into physical reality once it becomes mm. a true belief. Wow. So it's really like we're being hypnotized to manifest this thing this it's almost like a game like hey let's play the bible game you want to go jump in there for 100 years and we'll we'll play the bible game we'll see if we can get everybody to manifest this revelation and here's how we're going to do it you know we'll we'll have a few world wars we'll have the bible you know what i'm saying well, there it's are, just like there, there's a group of people out there who who i i believe in 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 israel and uh and here in the united states who have been trying to bring about this this the return of christ or the antichrist first and then the return of christ by by making a series of events occur which included um the establishment of the state of israel after world war ii because it was it was a a, a british um a, a, what do you call it a a, a colony uh, palestine was a british colony and was under the the control of the british during and during and after world war ii and then they took that state and made it the state of Israel and gave it to the Jewish people. Hmm. 
And now this fulfills a prophecy of the Jew Jewish people returning to their homeland. Right. They've since done things like birthed a a a, a white cow. Yeah, or a red. I think it was a red heifer. Okay. So it was red, and it was it was spotless. It was supposed to be entirely red, and so they genetically modified this <laughs> this this cow to to come out red. Uh, and that's just a couple of the examples of what. And look at the ceremonies at CERN when they have their ceremonies there and all that weird dancing stuff, and they have like creatures and ball and things like that. I think they're messing with reality also, especially if you look at the Mandela effect. But mm -hmm. one of the reasons I even, when I resigned from the military, one of the first books I wrote was The Second Coming of the Messiah, which. I wanted to harness and take control of the Messiah character and put it out there into literature and into movies. That's why in Hollywood and Vine, which is Hollywood and Vine is really the sequel to my book, The Second Coming of the Messiah, because the book, The Second Coming of the Messiah, I wrote the first half of it takes off from where the Bible leads off and how the secret societies came into power over the last 2000 years. And then this Messiah character is created is is born from the intelligence world who gets a conscience and realizes, oh my God, I'm working for the enemy. And then he develops the solution and goes to Hollywood with it in the in Hollywood and Vine. So I wanted to get control of the Messiah character and put it out there into literature. So I put it in the second coming of the Messiah, the book. The second book is gonna come out, the second coming of the Messiah, book two. Um, which is going to be the rapture, which is basically what we're about to start going through, the rapture. And I'm working on the second coming of the Messiah book two right now. But Hollywood and Vine was an offshoot of there where the Messiah goes from the Pentagon to Hollywood. And I wanted the Messiah to be the person who actually gets the entire world to turn their back on the global military. I shouldn't use globe because I don't think we're on a globe anymore, but gets decided to turn their back on the worldwide military industrial complex and actually um, become secure creditors and takes them down by turning their back on them. And then we, we, we turn the other cheek in effect. It's like, oh, I got my birth certificate. And to finish that thought before what we got into, you become a secure creditor when you deposit your birth certificate in the U.S. Treasury down in Puerto Rico for value. Now you've secured that credit and it's your credit. It's not the IMF credit credit or the so, fed right right so the um well the federal reserve doesn't even have it either the federal oh. reserve is a private company that prints off fiat currency according to the value that probably can be infused into the economy based on how much money is being lent or how much credit is being lent to the imf in fact the more currency or fiat currency in circulation the more debt we have if we were to all burn take your dollar bills and burn them and burn every fiat currency, every federal reserve note, it would basically, it would end the federal reserve and we would have no more debt and we would have no way to actually well, satisfy the debt. It would all have to be written off. Well, here's but it's some, not legal. Go ahead. And I was going to say, you know, here's something interesting talking about uh, getting rid of the fed. A lot of people for years have been um, talking about the, the uh, like auditing the fed. I think, uh, who was it? Senator Rand Paul has been talking about this for a long time. Audit the Fed, find out what what their books are, what the books say. Uh, but most recently I read and it, well, I read this a while back, but in March, apparently uh, by executive order, 
President Trump absorbed the Fed back into the Treasury and thereby flipped it and made it to where we don't owe the Fed 22 or 26 trillion anymore. They owe us 22 trillion. And I've got the articles right here. It said here that the, yeah, I'll pull it up. Let's pull it up. Yeah, I remember you, we were talking about this um, before the show mm -hmm. today and you said that, and I personally have been kind of, since this whole coronavirus thing started, I've been, I've been picking and choosing when I'm going to listen to the mass media just for study. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand. And, and I hadn't heard about that until you mentioned it to me today. And I, and I'm finding it hard to wrap my mind around the dynamics of how the fed, a private corporation could be absorbed by what the IRS or the no, treasury? By, by the treasury. treasury. So here, I'll, I'll read to you what, it, what it says here. Go ahead, I want to hear it this. says, um, these programs we're using under the laws, we do these, as I mentioned in my remarks, with the, with the consent of the Treasury Secretary and the fiscal backing from the Congress through the Treasury. And we are doing it to provide credit to households, businesses, states, and local governments. As we are directed by the Congress, we are using that fiscal backdrop to absorb any losses we have. Our ability is limited by the law. We have to find unusual and exigent circumstances and the and the treasury secretary has to agree. And we are using this fiscal backdrop. There is really no limit on how much of what we can do other than meet the tests under the law as amended by Dodd-Frank. It goes on to say that the Fed needs the treasury secretary's permission to do this. This means, or that means that Trump must approve this as the treasury secretary serves at the pleasure of the president. Um, the Fed is, the real question is how far will they go is uh, that is unlimited, but will Trump ever allow them to stop? And I want to pull up. It says it, it is now legal and Trump now has the authority to to do exactly this. The Fed has given away its independence to the administration. The only thing that would stop him is discipline and restraint. Two words not often associated with Trump. Um, there is a a a separate article that uh, I, I just want to pull up real quick that also covers this. And it it's it there's one particular paragraph that I just want to read here before we move on or before we discuss it further. Um, it's the summary. So it says here, we've just restructured the Federal Reserve System. Basically, the Federal Reserve will buy out the U.S. debt to the tune of two trillion dollars per month, making the U.S. debt free by around the 2020 election. Then the Federal Reserve will possibly file for bankruptcy and be gone, along with their privately owned IRS, possibly no more income tax, which is what Trump was talking about in a recent executive order, suspending the income tax and then making it permanent after the election. No more credit as a debt-based monetary system. This will be replaced with, perhaps as a first step, a revalued currency backed by gold as a series of steps towards a new quantum financial system. Um quantum financial system you know the words are very carefully written and particular here so yeah it says here um i just a couple more things and then we'll be done it's just still not That's sure okay. who determines interest rates more data to surface soon the federal reserve will possibly file for bankruptcy and be gone along with the privately owned irs possibly abolishing the unconstitutional income tax code no more income tax 
Let's revisit the late Aaron Russo's work on this, along with the most informative work on topic by Bill Still, and of course, our good friend, Mr. G. Edward Griffin. These are links in the article to, to go to. Last, last par paragraph here says, dangerous days indeed, especially with the 10 days of darkness beginning March 31st, 2020. We must remember Lincoln went after the central bank with the issuing of the greenback. JFK issued executive order 11110, delivering a blow to the Fed. Reagan took a bullet after de after deviating for Fed policy. Trump and we the patriots will now get the job done. Justice for these great men who came before us will be served as the D-class is now underway. Hmm. So, so yeah, there, there's the article. I should have pulled that. I forgot to pull that up for everyone to read along with me. But there's the article right there. The, uh, the, the johnmichaelchambers.com. We did it as... Trump well, and the Fed as we know it. You know, if you understand the history of um, our bank bailouts, we are at the point right now where if there's only one entity left to bail out the United States of, of America Corporation, and that is the IMF. Because first, the, first Wall Street helped bail out the, our financial institutions, and then the banks help bail out uh, Wall, Wall Street. Street, and then the Federal Reserve helped bail out the banks, and now the Federal Reserve is going to need bailing out by the IMF, and I don't think the IMF wants to bail out the Federal Reserve, so it's really kind of predictable. We are in the middle already of a financial depression across the United States. If you walk out your door and you go to any strip mall or anywhere and you drive down any street, you're going to see half the stores are closed and empty. And there's signs in there that says space for lease because we are we are drowning in debt and we are our businesses have been suffocated and shut down by this fake pandemic and we are in the middle of a depression that we're not i don't know i'm not feeling it yet i've been able to work i work in several different businesses i have intellectual property books and movies i work uh, i have a family business that i help run and i do other stuff you know to make an income not to mention using the solution where i'm starting to be able to purchase things with the 98 ein number which is you know Part of the whole reason to do the solution is to become a secure creditor and then go through the rest of the process because there's a bunch of steps here that get to the point where you're not going to need to worry about taxes. You're not going to need to worry about money or so-called money. You're going to become a, a secure creditor, foreign national, outside the jurisdiction of the state with a 98 EIN number that you can use to purchase things with. And then if you want, you can sell them for cash or whatever currency we wind up using. Mm -hmm. So that alone will free up people from having to, to work these jobs that are really, you know, if you've noticed through this pandemic and the closures of everything or a lot of things, a lot of the non-essential things and businesses and stuff are just kind of dissolving and going away. And, and, and we're left with just the essential infrastructure of operations of things that are just being left behind. And I see that in the future, it looks like with technology going the way it is, 
things are going to continue to be automated and mm-hmm. and and um, quantum technology and supercomputers are going to start taking over um, a lot of the jobs that people are doing now that really don't need to be done. And when you become a secure creditor and have a, and you become a foreign national and you get a foreign mailing address that in effect, you can still live in the United States. I live in Florida. I have a house here. I live in a house that, you know, I own. And, um, but for the sake of being a foreign national and a secure creditor, I will actually have a foreign mailing address through a foreign service where I can get my mail sent to my foreign address. And when I got to send my mail to the U.S. Treasury with the 1040 voucher, I'm sending it from Mexico or France or whatever my foreign address is. Mm -hmm. And so that way I'm outside the jurisdiction. I've discharged all my debt. I'm no longer um, oppressed by the U.S. of A Corporation or the Federal Reserve, and then the U.S. Treasury and the Internal Revenue Service that revenues our debits and credits, the IRS, Internal Revenue Service, they will be working for me to handle my ledger mm-hmm. as a foreign national. So we're yeah. in the middle of a major financial collapse that is happening, but it doesn't have to be that way if you can really get into getting your paperwork done as soon as possible. Yeah, that's that's really, I think, an important point to make to people is that for what is it? Five ninety nine. I think you can get this book uh, on Kindle four ninety nine or five ninety nine. You know, that's it's thousands of dollars worth of material because I bought material. I bought courses on how to do this. I studied for years and I read the redemption manual. I've studied this uh, sovereignty education defense ministry organizations website and and a lot of their legal doctrine. I've listened to um, Jordan Maxwell for hours and hours and hours. I've and David Wood Miller. I've digested so much of this material and compiled thousands of dollars worth of paid courses, information, books, videos, documentaries, and and I wanted to concisely put it into this inexpensive, I didn't, I don't want people that can't, afford, especially right now, who's going to lay out $5,000 or $2,500 or $500 for some, some course or some book. I wanted to make this so that it could be as inexpensive as possible because I, I'm not trying to really make money off of this. I'm just literally trying to free people. I don't need anything. I have everything I need. I have a mission and my mission and my motivation is about having, is about my, I'm motivated by a mission. And ever since I left the department of defense, my mission has been to end war and poverty because I figured out how to end Islamic radical terrorist activity across earth and effectively end the war on terror that the national security agency turned down because they make too much money on the war on terror and on war in general. Mm-hmm. And I, and I figured out how to end poverty now by becoming a secure creditor. Poverty is manufactured 100%, you know, and they say broke is a condition. Poor is a state of mind. And our state of mind has been totally controlled and thrown into poverty. And the, the classes, the upper class, there is no more middle class, really. You're the, you're the upper class or you're, in effect, living as a debt slave. Whether you're, if you're a millionaire, I know personally millionaires who have millions of dollars in the bank, but they are debt slaves. Mm. And they still have to work. 
They, you know, because there's never enough. A million dollars is never enough. Two million dollars is never enough. It's sure. never enough. But when you're free and you're a secure creditor and you have everything that you need and you're and you don't have to get up to some uh, corporate job every day to go do something that you detest, then you're free mm -hmm. and you're sovereign and mm -hmm. you're outside the jurisdiction. Yeah, and that's and that's it. You covered you covered uh, a lot right there. But just to break that down again for the for the listeners and for the audience here, part of becoming a secure creditor and, and discharging this debt is to identify yourself as a foreign national, right? So, mm -hmm. and you're no longer under the jurisdiction of the United States. Now, one question that did bring up for me, and you've explained this to me off 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 uh, record here, is that. You don't, you're not necessarily renouncing your citizenship. You can still hold on to those documents, your passport, your driver's license, all these tools you need to interact with the with the system here. So you're not necessarily renouncing your American citizenship. You can still use those tools to go and uh, purchase a vehicle, get a, a bank loan if you want to go that way still, uh, to buy a firearm. You know, you're still allowed to do that. Okay, but do it go, having this—it's almost like having a dual citizenship. So you're you're an, you're an independent sovereign and living entity. You're also still this American entity in commerce. This uh, yeah, right. This this dead this dead entity, and so so that's the important part of of establishing all this is getting that foreign mailing address. And you do go into that in the book and how to go about doing that. And it's not really that expensive. Um, and it's something that's easily done. But what I think people need to understand is that when it when it comes down to it, what you're doing is getting the system to work for you and and taking back control of that of that credit that you were born with and that you can use then to discharge debts using the IRS as essentially your accountant to discharge these debts against you. So these are student loans. This is mortgages. This is your car payment. All this other stuff. All these things can be discharged. And then you can also, uh, you said, get it. There's a, a document called an order for money that you get from your treasury account. So essentially, they could send you fiat currency in the form of a money order, uh, and you will actually have cash to to spend if you if if you so choose. So there's so many so many liberating uh, aspects of this information that you share. And thank you, really, from from myself and from everybody else here listening, for taking the time to. Uh, educate yourself about all this to and to spending the money that you have to get this information and bring it to us at such a ridiculously low price. I mean, five ninety nine is like nothing, nothing. Even even the most broke person, I believe, can can afford six bucks to free themselves. Okay, now of course there's some there's a, some costs associated with um, getting your foreign mailing address. It's like maybe fifteen twenty bucks a month. There's uh, you know a notary public. So, you know it's. 10, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. Okay. But we're not talking about thousands and thousands of dollars. So for a few hundred dollars, you can set yourself free and actually become wealthy. Super yes. wealthy. Yes. Super wealthy. Uh, and that's, 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 I think the, the big takeaway here uh, that people need to understand is that you no longer have to live in poverty. You no longer need to be poor. You can have everything you ever, you ever wished for. You can have the, you can have the home, you can be out of debt. You can have money you need to, to to spend, and this is just such an amazing uh, piece of work and and such amazing information, man. So, 
really. Um, Thanks thank, for that, Nick. Thank it. you. Thank you. Um, so much, man. This is this is great. I mean, and the and the more I read into this stuff, the the more fascinating it gets. Because, like I said, you can do offshoots and you can read all kinds of different things. When you stop, you stop the book, highlight something, go and look in, go and look into it, and go into you know, uh, especially near the end of the book. Uh, there's a couple sections here, um, where you where you talk about. Um, sorry, I'm pulling it up. That's okay. Where in the in the in the tips and things for being a secure creditor. Um, yeah. Page three of um, being a secure creditor. Right. Uh, you, you really break it down and make it very simple. And there was at one point where you go into talking about how the, um, the, you, the way you look at your birth certificate and you can see the numbers on the bottom. And these numbers are a, uh, you can look them up and see what's what what your value is uh on the on the stock exchange yeah um i've had a little trouble with that i didn't have the exact like red numbers on the back of my some people's birth certificates are different yeah and uh some people's aren't but um when you you know it's funny that you mentioned this because i had to i had to renew my license uh my driver license because i actually was a driver driving buses for the Department of Transportation in um, one of the states in the United States. And so in order to get my driver license, and it's driver license, by the way, and you don't need a driver license if you're not operating or um, driving a vehicle for hire. If you're just going to the store, you don't need a license for that. If you did, that would be slavery. So um, hmm. I had to get my birth certificate so I could bring it to the DMV and my birth certificate that they first sent me because I was born in New York came from the um, county. And when I tried to give it to the, the DMV, they wouldn't accept my county birth certificate. I had to literally go to the state, the vital statistics office of the state. Hmm. And that is where you're going to get a real copy of your birth certificate, your certificate of live birth, that bond. Mm -hmm. But you'll never be able to get the original document. They just won't turn it over to you um, because it's a security instrument that mm -hmm. holds value and is traded on the bond market. Mm -hmm. And yep. that bond market, you know, that number on your birth certificate on that main birth certificate, certificate of live birth it has a value and it's protected. And they're, you know, they want to protect their assets. So sure, sure, yeah, they're they're definitely instructed not to let that go because that is a negotiable instrument, like you said. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't have a vast understanding of of finance, um, but I do understand that negotiable instruments are basically a way to exchange value among people. So let's say I wanted to give you shares of my company. Uh, I, I give you, I have a hundred shares to give away. So I keep 51 for myself. I give you 49 on this negotiable instrument. I write 49 shares to Ronald Russell Farnham, uh, signed Nick Yaya, essentially. That, that's the rough outline of a, of a negotiable instrument. And if I stamp it and seal it and, and do it in front of a, um, a uh, Republic, uh, then it's, then it's, then it is legitimate and you can actually, um, come and, and, and demand payment with that negotiable instrument. That's all that cash is. Cash is actually 
the dollar is a, is a negotiable instrument. Yes, exactly. It, it doesn't have any intrinsic value in and of itself, this little piece right. of paper, but the value does have is what is what stands behind that. And what used to stand behind that was gold and silver. Right. And it got and now, too heavy. And now, and now what stands behind it is the full faith and credit of the American people. And that credit is based on the birth certificate bond. Yeah. And that's exactly. really, that really, I think, um, um, it proves really, it. Yeah. Yeah. They it say makes, it. It, it. It says it. That's it, it right there. It, it makes so much sense, man. So look, we're, um, we're getting close to 90 minutes here. I usually keep wow. the podcast. I know it goes fast. I know, um, dude. See, I told you I go 90 minutes is great, but I'm telling you, we could talk for days about all this stuff because there's such a vast amount of information to wrap your head around. But well, I look, think we did a good job tonight. No, I, I fully do too, and I, and you're right. And there are uh, there are a lot of things to cover and things that I think we should cover. So why don't we do this? Why don't you, um, at some point here in the very near future, what, if you'd like to, uh, if you're available, please come back on the show, and we can go into further detail, and we can I can outline some specific questions, and perhaps even by then, some of our guests will have had an opportunity to pick up the book. And might even uh, also chime in with some questions because uh, sure. we have the opportunity for people to comment live uh, here on the show. So, and I sent you the documents already. You got you, you did. got the power of attorney general and the security agreement, right? I have them both. Yes, okay, thank you, good. thank you for doing that. And so, yeah, and so the so the viewers and listeners should know also that, as Ronald said, um, once you buy the book, he's there to help you out and to, and to send you those documents so you don't have to type them up by hand because some of them can be rather lengthy. And, um, but it is, it is good for you in certain cases to really understand what you are putting out there and understanding what your position is. And so it's important to read the book, perhaps even type up some of the documents yourself, because in, in doing so, you might better understand what it is that you are presenting to the world. So again, thank you, Ronald. Um, it's been so, so awesome, dude. I love this. I love this book. I love the whole thing, man. And I'm so excited for for uh, the world to get a hold of this information and to change the way we live, to be free uh, and no longer be slaves. I think this is a this is a wonderful time. It's a great time to be alive. And <laughs> yeah. and as, as much as it might not seem sometimes, I think right. this is really an exciting time. We're both extreme good, bad and extreme good things are happening and this is one of those extremely good things that's happening and it is uh, thanks to people like you man so thanks, thank you man i appreciate it brother thanks for having me on i do right, and if people want to check out and follow oh, yes. my youtube channel just the ronald show 2011 at, at on youtube mm -hmm. the ronald show 2011 just click like and subscribe and i'm doing regular videos every week and I discuss this stuff and a lot of things on how to make it through this pandemic and, and a lot of different stuff, especially when it comes to food and fasting. So just tune in. Great. Well, thank you. There's there's Ronald's book again. It's the Solution Instruction Manual for Sovereignty and Freedom. You can pick it up at Amazon.com uh, Kindle. The Actually, it is free if you are a Kindle Unlimited subscriber. It is $5.99 for the electronic version on Kindle. So check it out. Uh, and free yourself from this horrific system that's been created to enslave us all. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Ronald Russell Farnham. Thanks again, Ronald. And right. we will see you soon. All right, bud. All right. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thanks. Wow.
That is a lot to take in. And I know for many of you, um, like myself, it's, um, it's quite a concept to get your head around. Um, what we talked about were some, some technical things, but I hope that we were able to present them to you in a way that was understandable, or at least a way for you to start to be able to understand these concepts. Again, I do recommend getting the book um, and reading for yourself and, and trying to brush up on this a little bit. So perhaps next time we have Ronald on the show, you can go to freeamericapodcast.com and or YouTube, Free America Podcast, and uh, give us your comments and ask us some questions. And that would be a great way to get a better understanding of the material that we're presenting here. So... For now, uh, that is our show for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed all the information that we presented here and that you can use it to set yourselves, yourselves and others free. Again, the solution, the instruction manual for sovereignty and freedom is available at Amazon Kindle for $5.99 and for free to Amazon Kindle unlimited subscribers. So thank you for tuning in to the Free America podcast. Once again, if you're digging what we're doing, Throw us a bone over at patreon.com slash free America podcast. So for now and the foreseeable future, I'm Nick Yaya. And remember, you don't have to tune out the news completely. But for the love of God, turn off CNN. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Be well. <laughs>